Hello, everybody. This is uh, Coffee Chug, and I just wanted to make a pre-intro into the intro of our first ever Eagle Eye to the World global podcast. What you're about to listen to is a podcast um, with John Riches, who is the Alcoa Communications Manager, um, and he oversees a lot of things, which he'll talk about here in this podcast. And he did a phenomenal job, and I'm so excited that he was able to, to squeeze some time out of his very busy day. Um, to chat with me for about 20, 30 minutes for this podcast. So I hope you really enjoy, and we try to get all the questions answered that people submitted to the forum. As you listen, if you have other questions or other thoughts, other things you would like to share, please make sure you reach out to me, whether it's on the blog, our wiki page, my email, Twitter, uh, Coffee Chug Books. You can find me all over the place. Uh, We would love to continue to keep the conversation going, continue to have an awareness for the Eagles, and continue to challenge our thinking and constantly be learning as we watch Liberty and Justice. This can be any day now before hopefully they have their first egg, uh, and hopefully maybe another one a few days after that. Only nature knows, and obviously we have to deal with the elements of Mother Nature. So, I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy talking with John. And as always, I would love your feedback, questions, comments, all of the above. Sit back, turn on your headset, and enjoy. And maybe while you're listening to this, go ahead and watch the Eagle Cam on the Alcoa Eagle website and uh, see what's happening with Liberty and Justice. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, everyone. This is Coffee Chug. Let everybody know who you are and what you do. Well, hey, Aaron. It's good to be here today. My name is John Riches. I'm the public affairs manager at Alcoa and uh, sometimes the CEO of EagleCam. So um, we started it, uh, gosh, this will be our fourth year with the camera up there. And uh, it's been amazing how it's grown over the last few years. Yeah, I think think the growth has been tremendous. And as I was, I've jumped onto the EagleCam last year and we did the first kind of global project on our end. Um, But maybe you can... Talk a little bit about how the camera kind of came to be, or, or or what generated that that in, that interest with the camp with, with the not the camera so much, but I guess the the nest. Yeah, well, it, it really started for me back in the summer of two thousand and nine. We had uh, uh, some of our security folks had noticed uh, the Eagles had built this nest and were building it, and uh, uh, in the spring of uh, twenty ten, they actually fledged uh, two eagles, two eaglets from the nest. That was before we had the the camera up and uh, uh, over the summer we watched them grow we'd see them uh, on the surveillance cameras around the building where the nest is located uh, you know right next to one of our buildings and uh, uh, they'd get down on the ground and they'd be picking at things they, they, they'd tear the insulation off of uh, some air conditioning lines going into the building and do a few other things but uh, it was really that summer then we began talking about how could we share this um, you know outside of just the few of us that knew about it at that time and that's really when we came up with the idea of putting a camera in the nest yeah and i know for a lot of, of the students and classes involved that are not in the area the, the whole kind of bald eagle um phenomenon really has really taken off i know we've got the bald eagle days um in which you guys have a stand and, and help out with and just seeing the eagles all over has has really taken off and um i think sometimes we almost 
take them take them for granted because we do do see them all over flying around and in the trees and and, and along the river. But for the schools that follow and and, and watch, they they really are a, a spectacle to, to to see. I've I've been connected to Bald Eagle Days. Alcoa has probably for more than twenty years. Um, in my previous uh, life, I worked at uh, Channel Eight over in Moline at WQAD. And back then, we were a sponsor uh, over there of Bald Eagle Days. And so my involvement in being interested in the Bald Eagle and, and how they've been doing over the years is uh, goes back to then. I uh, had the opportunity uh, back in those days to meet a gentleman from the Quad Cities by the name of El- Elton Fox, who was kind of, they've, there's a eagle habitat over on the Illinois side of the river named after him. He passed away a few mm-hmm. years ago. But um, Elton was... Uh, one of the original people that really kind of put the link together between uh, the impact of DDT uh, on on the structure of the eggs and the, and the decline in the eagle population, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously the elimination of DDT as a as a pesticide has uh, made a huge difference over the years. As the eagle population really has made a huge comeback. Yeah, and I know we were, actually we were just talking um, actually right before you came in, just about how large the eagle population is has, has really increased and surged over the last couple of years. And I know now this year with a lot of the colder temperatures, um, the amount of eagles in our area is, I mean, almost at a record high, I think. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. And we've, you know, you, you while you don't see them all the time on the camera, uh, the, you know, in the, in the wintertime, uh, the number that we see in the in the trees down around our nest um, are much higher than we've seen other winters as well. Yeah, we just went. I took my son last weekend, and we went. We were on the Iowa side, and we went down by Lock and Dam Fifteen and Rhythm City Casino and, mm-hmm. and Credit Island. And I mean, they're just they're just everywhere. And that's, I mean, that whole stretch there. I mean, you can go down. I think we're, we're going to check out Lock and Dam Fourteen this weekend. As mm-hmm. some people had some pictures on uh, Facebook, and there's like the one tree had twenty two eagles just all perched in there, and it's just it's just a, an amazing sight to see. It really is. Um, so w- what we have is we do have some questions um, sent in from, from students. So we do have um, students all over in, in our project from Florida to St. Louis, Michigan, Texas, and across the pond in Singapore. And so these students range from first grade to fifth grade, and they did send in some questions that they wanted to ask you. And so okay. um, why don't we jump into these a little bit, and then we can talk a little bit more uh, on anything that, that – we think we want to we want to add about the alcohol eagle, eagle cam. Um, the first question is more of a, a general question on eagles in general, but they they want to know the uh, the usual lifespan of a bald eagle. I, I think it you know it varies depending on whether it's an eagle that's been uh, uh, rescued and is in captivity versus uh, in, in the wild. But I think it ranges from thirty years uh, on up, closer to forty or so, depending on on uh, how they how they do and what kind of uh, resources they have as they right. as they go along right and i don't know enough about other eagle habitats but this seems to be with mississippi river and the food supply and i think there's the trees are pretty well i guess i would call them safe there's not a lot of major threats to the environment i think these eagles here have a pretty nice spot uh i think they've picked <laughs> a good place with uh you know a, a pretty good food supply even even in some of our coldest weather, I mean, not just right at the locks and dams do you have the open water, but uh, fairly close to where our nest is, even though most of the river has been frozen over at times, there's still some amount of open water. Uh, yeah. 
And if if you've got open water this winter, uh, you probably have it every, you know, every winter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, cause we've had some record temperatures, um, you know, being down in 20 below, 15 below, and that doesn't even include wind chill. And so, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, temperatures really don't bother the eagles. It's It really is a matter of can they find food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that, that's a good point because I know that is a, a topic of concern is – we have people checking the weather, and and you, you watch the camera, and you have the wind. You hear the wind in the microphone. The sun, yep. you know, it gets howling, and I know people get get really worried. But uh, you know, they are designed to to withstand those. And, you, you know, you see you see them on camera, and you see the wind blowing their their feathers around and stuff. And it's easy to to personalize that and try to say, man, they've got to be cold because I know if I was sitting there, I'd be cold. But they're really designed to deal with that pretty well. Right, and I think sometimes we have to remember. Um, our makeup is not designed to be perched in a tree <laughs> 80, 80 feet, feet off the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, another question, and this comes up, and I know you've, you've field this question many, many times, but uh, a lot of our students who are new to the camera this year, um, you know, their, their topic is, is there anything that, that, that can be done with the music? And I know that you, you feel this, this is probably uh, one of your top three most frequently asked questions, but... Um, for the sake of the kids who are just joining in on the first time, um, would you that, like to give that, your... That your... really became an issue for us last year, and I don't know what changed, but we're we're getting some bleed over from a radio station that's just down the river a little ways, and it, something about their frequency is getting into, into our audio system. And so after we get to, through this coming uh, nesting season, I'm going to try to work with our electricians and see... Uh, what we can do to shield something better. I'm really not sure how it's getting in there, but obviously uh, something about where we're located on that particular radio station, right. um, yeah. it, it bleeds over into it, and I don't have a way to get rid of it <laughs> at this point. I wish I could because I, I know people don't particularly enjoy you know hearing that. It, it's a, a bigger issue on days when there's no wind and right. you know it's very quiet, and it seems to be a bigger issue in the evening than it is during the day, although if it's calm winds during the day you can still hear it then too but right. uh, uh, what i what i would tell people is you know just turn the volume down a little bit and uh, if the eagle especially on a nice calm day if the eagles are talking you're going to hear them pretty well right um you know and i guess another question that kind of feeds off not so much on on that music piece but uh just the cameras themselves a lot of the students were, were interested in how you get the cameras up there um and probably just because I've, I've spoken with you before a little bit about you know maybe some of the rules that go into the cameras because mm-hmm. I know we had the, 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 the there was a camera malfunction last year and you know there just wasn't a whole lot we could do so maybe if you could, if you want to give a quick synopsis of how the camera how you get the cameras up there and if you want to talk a little bit about that because I, I think a lot of people are not aware of of those restrictions. Well, initially um, when we first decided to put a camera up, one of the things we did was uh, uh, meet with uh, a couple of folks from the local office of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service because they have ultimate responsibility for bald eagles and enforcing uh, the rules around uh, bald eagles and how they're, you know, either interacted with or not interacted with. And so we brought them out to uh, uh, to our facility, showed them, you know, where the nest was, showed them, you know, that it was right next to a building that we use on a regular basis um, and uh, uh, talked about, you know, what we could or couldn't do as far as putting a camera up there. And so uh, that's how the first camera went up. Uh, this last fall, what we did is we not only fixed the broken camera, um, and I can talk about uh, you know what happened to it a little more if you want, um, but we added a second camera in another part of the tree. So now we really have two views 
on the website, the one that we've had for a number of years that looks directly down into the mm-hmm. nest, and one that's probably 20 or 30 feet away from the nest itself uh, on another part of the same tree, uh, looking kind of from from west to east, generally. Right. Um, and uh, I think people... Uh, have enjoyed that view this winter is, you know, when there's not a lot going on in the nest itself, but they sometimes will see them fly by or, you know, kind of swoop up and the way they kind of, kind of zip up and then hover for a second and kind of drop into the nest. Right. Uh, And then especially when they hop up on the edge of the nest and take off. Right. uh, And watch them kind of, kind of soar away. Uh, And so I think they've liked that. I think they'll like it more uh, as we actually hatch eggs this year and, the little ones start to get up on the edge and begin to jump from branch to branch. I think uh, uh, people really enjoy watching that. But obviously the traditional view is great when there are eggs in the nest and when they first hatch. Uh, so you can, uh, you know, see the hatching going on and, and see them getting fed and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I know having that second camera, I've enjoyed it after watching the inside the nest is really exciting when they, when they hatch and, and seeing the process of, of life within the nest. But then having that, that broader perspective, like this year, especially with so many eagles around, it gives you a real sense of how much activity is, is, is around the nest, mm-hmm. which, you know, when you have that zoom in view, you don't get a chance to see that. And that's been kind of nice. I've been there. Some, some hawks and different eagles just kind of perched around. You realize there's, you know, or sometimes you've, you've posted some pictures of the deer in the backdrop. Right. And, uh, you know, so that, that part is cool. And I think when the, when the eagles start moving, that's going to be, that's going to be a great view. Yeah. Um, one of the questions from, from a younger kid, and we've kind of talked about this, but it, it feeds on these cameras. One of their concerns is what if the eagles accidentally bumped the cameras? And so obviously I know the ones a little further away, um, you can see that camera up and I don't know, they actually would bump it, but uh, for the respect of the kid, I'll, I'll throw it out. Yeah, there. well, I don't. I don't think there's any issue with them bumping into it. I mean, they're they're not going to hurt themselves. It's they're they're not really in a place that's a problem for them coming in or out of the nest. And that was part of why we uh, uh, met with U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service initially on right. where we were going to place it. Um, what I, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Um, uh, there was one time when one of the eagles. Um, uh, on a wet day, um, you know, brushed a, a wing up against the the you know the covering on the lens and kind of smudged it. Mm. And there's not obviously there's nothing we can do to to clean the smudge off. So you just have to wait for some rain right. and some wind to kind of help clear that off. And it never did get completely cleared off until we went back up to mess with it after the after the end of that season. So um, the other one you'll notice sometimes is, is on the other side of the tree is near a couple of other branches and kind of connected to them where they like to land. Yeah. And so sometimes you'll see the camera shake a little bit, um, and that's typically when they're either landing on one of those branches or taking off from one of those branches. And a lot of times you won't see them, but all of a sudden you'll see that camera right. move, and that's that's what's going on. Yeah. Um and so with the different with liberty and justice coming into the nest and so forth, I know one of the questions, and I know it's been on on some of the forums as well. But one of the students had talked about: um, Are they able to identify their own offspring? And I know there's some of the eagle holics have have been done been doing some research, but um, I know the kids are trying to figure out. They they keep asking me which ones are are there are there kids from last or not kids, but they're the juvies from last year and the years before, mm-hmm. and um, and so they're kind of curious. And I, I really haven't researched that. I, I mean, I see all the blog comments yeah. that you're talking about, and I know people uh, uh, believe that they can tell uh, their offspring. I'm not 
sure that that's the case. Right. Um, the thing I, I, I do recall reading in some information online a couple of years ago is that typically when, when an eagle has fledged um, and they get to the age where they're going to take a mate and create a nest, they'll typically have that nest located i think it's i think what i read was somewhere within 150 to 200 or so miles of the mm. nest they fledged from okay now if you get somebody that fledged from here and somebody that fledged from canada i don't know right. how to go about <laughs> deciding uh, you know which which of those counts right. as, as far as uh, where they're going to make their home yeah but, but uh, assuming they kind of uh, you know pick a mate that's from the same general area they were from I would expect that uh, you know the ones that have fledged from here are are you know the the ones that we saw fledge in the summer of 2010 before we had the cameras up there, uh, you know, are now at an age where they are probably pretty close to being mature and and getting ready to uh, take a mate. Right. And so, um, you know, that very well could be a nest that would you know end up in the Quad Cities or at least within you know a few right. dozen or even a hundred or so miles from here, but. Uh, I, I know that others have talked about online that there are other nests in the Quad Cities, uh, obviously not any other ones that have cameras in them. Right. Um, but uh, uh, as the population continues to uh, get larger and they continue to you know, spend their entire year, some of them uh, here in the Quad Cities, there will be more and more nests. Yeah, excellent. Um, just a couple last questions here, and then, then we'll start to wrap things up. I know one question, the, the kids didn't ask this, but I think it's something that – they probably just haven't wrapped their heads around yet. Um, but can you talk a little bit about the size of the nest? Because I know looking at the camera, I mean, um, just because I, I learned a lot myself last year, I mean, you know the cameras or the nest is big because the eagles are, are a larger bird. But sometimes I think as, as you're new to it, you don't realize just how big this nest is. Yeah, I, I think um, now that we have that other camera view from the treetop, um, I think you get a little better sense of how big that is because it it's probably about six or so feet across from outside edge to outside edge. And you can really get a sense now of how deep it is right. because they add on to it every year. So yeah. you, you look at the camera view that looks down into it and it clearly you don't see down very deep into the nest because it's kind of filled in right. with stuff over time. And every year... Uh, they come back and and the folks online like to refer to it as nestorations. Right. Um, you know, I tell them so. I, I've I've told people it's like uh, HGTV, you know, for <laughs> eagle nests. But they come in every year and they add you know sticks. They you know move things around, um, and uh, so the nest itself gets bigger year after year because they're constantly right. adding to it. At some point, um, hopefully not anytime soon, but at some point that thing will either. Uh, get big enough and heavy enough that it breaks the branch that it's on mm -hmm. or it gets big and heavy enough and you get a, a nasty windstorm eventually the right. odds are that will probably you know come down right um, again hopefully not anytime soon right. and uh, hopefully if they do that they'll build one in another tree close by that's close enough we can put a camera back up in but right. uh for now, it's uh, it's a great uh, a great uh, view, and and I think people are learning a lot from watching how, how they, uh, you know, raise a family and and go through that whole uh, circle of life process. Yeah, as I tell people, it's it becomes highly addicting to keep watching the nest because you don't want to miss any of the action. And uh, as I always tell a lot of students, you know, it's the best reality TV because there's there's I mean, it's as real as it can get. You know, and, and we're at the mercy of what the Eagles do and don't do. And uh, um, I think it's important, you know, 
as we watch them and stuff, remember that it is nature, and they are animals, and they're not pets, and it's sometimes it's easy to be, to become attached, but also also remember that <laughs> you know try not to be attached at the same time, which I know yeah, is, I mean, is, is that tricky line there. They, th- this pair has had very good luck, but I, I will say, you know, the first year we had the camera up, uh, they hatched two eggs, and only one of the eaglets survived. Since then, the year after that, they hatched three, and all three survived. And this last year, two and and both survived. But there is always that chance that uh, um, you know they they may hatch two or three, and and they may not all right. uh, survive to fledge from the tree. Right. I think the, to wrap up here, um, and, and I appreciate you taking time to uh, to to be on this on this first podcast. Uh, what's your since you've been doing the camera, um, what's been your your favorite kind of eagle moment, or maybe funniest moment, or however you want to you want to take it? What's I mean, I, you document a lot and you, and you blog a lot, and obviously people go to you for for all the eagle stuff. But if you had to pick one, and I know that that's always a tough question, or, or a couple of them, what are some of your your favorites? Well, I th- I think you know just getting a sense of of how they protect uh, their. Uh, Eaglets once they hatch, uh, the way they uh, take care of the eggs. Uh, when you get into either, uh, you know, once they've laid the eggs, you, 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 we may still get another snowstorm, uh, you know, a, a week or two after after they've laid eggs, and you may get up some morning, turn on the camera, and and see a covered in snow mm-hmm. eagle. Uh, they're so dedicated to it. I mean, they'll they'll sit there all night with a covering of snow on them, and then wait and get up and shake it off. Right. and and uh, protect them and and then uh, during some of the kind of severe storms that we've had the way they stay with the eaglets and protect them from the rain and the wind um, you know the, the dedication they have is really something uh, to see so um, the other thing that's been exciting for me has just been the number of people that are watching uh, this thing we've had close to 20 million hits in the first three years on the website I expect uh, if we if the camera uh, you know survive through storms and things like that, you know that we'll have another you know ten or twelve million people this coming season. And uh, uh, the fact that people really uh, are are taken by it and enjoy watching it, uh, it's an opportunity for Alcoa to share that with the world and uh, and share a little information about uh, our commitment to the environment and sustainability as well. Excellent, and and I agree, and I think. Um, to wrap up here, you know, I just being able to do the project a little bit and kind of bring education focus to to the nest. Um, I think Alcoa, yourself, and and then the people that you work with at Alcoa, working the cameras and behind the scenes and filtering calls and emails and everything else, and always working to make sure that the camera is up and running. Um, I think proves the dedication that you guys have um, as a staff and also with Alcoa, and it's it's just a great learning opportunity. I think. Uh, whether you're in the classroom or just a casual observer or a hobbyist or, you know, um, and so I know that, that, that it's been, been a great opportunity for so many people just to check that, that Eagle cam out. So um, I know a lot of people appreciate all the things that go into it and they, a lot of people think the camera's just up and it goes, but there's quite a bit that goes on just to make, you know, and, and at the end you're still at the mercy of uh, mother nature, you yep. know? So, um, other than that, I I, th- I think we'll wrap up here. Um, and once again, John, I, I greatly appreciate you coming in and taking time to talk a little bit. I think this will probably spur more questions and more thoughts, which is what it's all about in the end, is uh, getting the ideas out and message out and uh, getting people interested 
not only in the camera, but in nature and, and the environment as well. So uh, thank you very much. Happy to be here, and if you want me back sometime, happy to come back. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll probably be around, too, <laughs> once we get going. So thank you so much. You're welcome.